Sometimes when a traumatic event happens, people just focus on that event. For one woman, this isn't the case. You will hear the story of what her life was like before and after a traumatic event and how it changed her. When you ask my mom how many kids she has, she will tell you five kids, four biological and one adopted. If you stay around for a chat with her, she will tell you the unique story of her children, but more specifically, her second child, my big brother. But before you hear that story, there is one story that you have to hear first. It's her story. My mom was raised in the Mohawk Valley of upstate New York, where she and her six siblings lived on a farm that had been in my grandfather's family for generations. I was born into a family of two really super wonderful parents and a priceless grandmother on my mother's side. We were poor. We were dirt poor. But we had love. I can remember going around in bare feet in the summer, and uh, the one thing I did get new was shoes. Everything else was hand-me-downs. They were the most wonderful clothes in the world. Never thought twice about the fact that they were hand-me-downs. And I think back, all three of my older sisters wore them first. Mom always talked about her childhood when I was growing up. Despite being poor, she recognized her father's sacrifice for the family. My grandfather passed away, sadly, in 2012, but my mom still talks about his love for his family. My father worked hard to provide for us, and when he sold off some of the farm animals, it was to go on the road as a road construction mechanic, and he did that for years. He would be leaving Monday morning, drive to work, and we wouldn't see him again until Saturday night. Because on road construction, he worked six days a week, and my father was the master mechanic. So at the end of the day, when everybody turned everything in, all of their equipment, brought their trucks back in, he always had to work extra hours in the evening to make sure everybody's equipment was taken care of, tires were good, etc., etc. So he didn't get to come home but one day a week. While her dad was away working, her mom, my grandmother, was back at home holding down the fort, or in their case, the farm. My mother was a wonderful mother. She worked hard. My mother not only mothered five girls and two boys and taught us life experience and taught us love and taught us how to be kind. My mother fished, she hunted, and she trapped. And we ate fresh food often because of her abilities. We always had a huge garden. We used to sit out in the garden with a bowl and vinegar and we'd go through the cucumber bushes and grab a cucumber and sit there, cut it up and eat it right there in the garden. When my mom had reached the fifth grade, her parents took their kids out of the public school and enrolled them in a private Catholic school. It was in a city that took the bus an hour and a half with all the stops it made. They were farm kids raised in the country, going to school with doctors and lawyers' kids that only knew city life. Middle school wasn't easy, but it was high school that would prove to be a life changer for my mom. When I got into high school, I became a cheerleader, which caused me to stay at my aunt's in that city, often because of cheerleading practice and football games, basketball games, whatever they were, we had to practice and we had to be there for all the games. In the away games, you had to ride the bus. And he would be back late, so I'd have to stay at my aunt's. My parents couldn't come down and get me. They couldn't afford to drive, and they didn't have two cars. My father had his truck. My mother had her car for the family, but it didn't get used unless it needed to be. And that's how I met Mikey's father. Because she was living with her aunt, she would see the neighbor kids often. Two girls that she got to know were sisters. My mom being from the country, she was really surprised how well she got along with these girls that were from the city. As she got to know them, she started hanging out with them, their brothers, and their parents. And after a few years of being friends, she and one of the brothers started dating. He went off to the army. 
he came home. He was home on leave, and I went down to see him because I was at my aunt's. It just it was like we disconnected. So after that meeting with him, they drifted apart. It was a few years later that she met, fell in love, and became engaged with another guy. When she found out she was pregnant, troubles arose in the relationship as her then-fiancé did not want to have a child. She became a single mom to my big sister, her first child. Years later... I met back up with the sisters, and we were hanging out and having fun, and uh, we decided to have one of those all-night laughing, watching movies times, and uh, my daughter and I decided to spend the night. And unfortunately, their big brother came home, and a person that I thought I could trust took advantage of me and forced himself on me, and I got pregnant. I didn't have anything to do with him after that. I wouldn't even go see the sisters. I wouldn't even talk to him. I was devastated, and I was afraid to tell anybody. And when I found out that I was pregnant, I almost died of a heart attack, and I called him and told him, and he told me to walk out on the porch and do a belly flop off the top porch so that when I hit the ground, it might kill the baby. I absolutely refused. I don't believe in killing babies because someone couldn't control themselves and had to violate me. So I carried Mikey to full term. When she did reveal that she was pregnant, the reaction from her family was not a supportive one. No one ever asked how she got pregnant, and the concern was really for the family's reputation. Where they lived, everyone knew the family, and being from a small town, word gets around pretty quick. But around that same time, some old friends from Florida were in town visiting. And I reconnected with them, and I called them and told them what happened, and they invited me to live with them until the baby was born, and then me and the baby would come back up here to my house because I owned a home. My mom was scared to bring my brother back with her. It was a mental and emotional fear that was dished out to her when my grandfather used a shaking fist to tell her not to bring that thing, as my grandfather called my brother, back home. As said before, no one ever asked my mom how she got pregnant. No one. For mom, morning sickness wasn't on her mind. It was safety. Safety for my sister and my brother and for herself. While it wasn't her entire family that turned on her, there was no time to see who was on her side. My mom and my sister had to leave all they knew to find support. For them, there were a lot of firsts that came with this move. First time flying, first time in Florida, first warm weather first holidays away from family, but they shared a bedroom in the friend's home. My mom would decorate the room to make it look as familiar as possible to my sister. For each season, she used decorations that they had used in their home back in New York. They arrived in Florida just in time for my sister to start the school year with everyone else. It was my mom's goal to make life as normal as possible for my sister within the situation. Once settled in Florida, my mom got involved with a pregnancy crisis center. She met people who showed her kindness and love. They began helping her with anything and everything that she needed help with, including a doctor. I spoke to the doctor down in Gainesville, and I explained to him why I was there. And from that point forward, he was so kind and nice and understanding. When my mom knew she couldn't keep her son, she thought about adoption. She received information on different families through the Pregnancy Crisis Center. She wanted to find a family who would love her son and take care of him. But before all that, she gave him a name. Nobody confirmed to me that he was a boy, but God just gave me a boy's name to choose to refer to him always as. Going by the doctor's name and generosity and kindness, God put it on my heart to name him Mikey. My mom eventually chose a family for Mikey. Their names were Alan and Mary. She knew very little about them, but what she did know was that they could not have children. Her hope was that if she had blessed them with her son, they would love and care for him like he was their own. So I decided on those folks. As it got closer, uh, they began telling me 
the legal ends and an attorney had me come in and sit and talk with them so that I knew it was going to go on. Didn't make it any easier. It was very, very hard. I've never been through this before, but the attorney made it clear to me that his parents, Alan and Mary, would stay in touch with me often. Not every day, not every week, maybe once a month. Once a month to a mother who's about to hand her child over to them. It is what you're clinging to, that part of the baby that you know you're going to be able to watch your son grow and know that he is taken care of from that simple little call every once in a while. And that's what they promised. On March 31st, 1987, my mom gave birth to her only son, Mikey. The one day that I was able to be near Mikey, a dear friend that I met through the Pregnancy Crisis Center was there, and she took pictures of me holding him. To this day, I can sit here and look at these priceless, precious pictures of my baby boy, who is now 30 and a half years old. The one I love the most is of him sleeping on my chest with his little hand underneath his cheek. My mom sang and loved on baby Mikey while she could. Soon after, the lawyer came in to get him. They took him out, and my heart was in agony. I didn't think I was going to be able to make it through the day. And the attorney went out, and he said to the family, I don't think she can do this. So apparently they were waiting outside the door for the baby. And he came back in. And God gave me peace to go through what I had to do. And I kissed that little baby goodbye. I told him I loved him and I prayed. And when I got released from the hospital the following night, his mother called me and we were talking. It was very brief. She didn't want to talk much. She said to me, this is the last time you're going to hear from us. And I said, I thought you were going to keep in touch. She said, no, we're not going to. And she hung up, and I died. A thousand deaths. And I have not heard from them, or heard my son's voice, or ever saw my baby. From that day forward... I never heard a thing back from Alan or Mary. In their hearts, they were afraid that I was going to take him back because the baby that they had adopted a year or two prior, the mother turned her mind after a couple months and took the baby back. I did not, and they didn't keep their word. For every birthday and holiday, my mom sent cards and gifts to her lawyer with hopes of them reaching Mikey. Still, there was no word. A couple of months later, my sister finished school and it was time to go back to New York. For my mom, this was really hard because she had tried to make a go of it in the South, but because she was from the North, she was never able to get a job. There was a lot of, oh, you're a Yankee, we can't give you a job. With the help of a close friend, my mom moved their whole life once again back to the place she and my sister loved dearly, home. While she still carried pain in her heart, home was a place where she could rest. John Denver has a song, Country Road, Take Me Home. Well, the part that we kept thinking about was, take us home. <laughs> Country Road, take us home. And I can tell you this, when I got back to my home, I got on the ground, and I thank God that we were back home. I was so thankful to our dear friend. My mom has learned a lot from the love and kindness she was shown by the people in Florida. In turn, she has learned to show love and kindness to anyone hurting. As mentioned earlier, my family has one adopted sibling. Well, 
Maybe not exactly legally adopted, but adopted to us. She's not blood, but my mom loves her and we love her like she was our own flesh and blood. We met her a few years ago while she was home from college. We quickly found out she had medical issues and a not-so-loving home life. As we got past her hard exterior wall she had put up from the pain of her past, my mom showed her the love and kindness she was shown. She grew close with us, as did we to her. Now we have another member of our family. While we still wait with high hopes to find Mikey, my mom has learned a few things. Forgiveness is hard, but bitterness is worse. And it's possible to love someone with all your heart that doesn't share your blood. Despite the pain they caused, my mom knows that Mikey's parents could love and care for him, even if he wasn't their own. She knows this because of the love she has in her heart for all five of her children.